Welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And it, uh, have you ever had uh, our mom as a substitute when you were a kid? No, I wasn't. But I was thinking about actually substituting you this episode, just so we kind of could follow along with the theme of it. But I decided to keep you on anyway. Oh, Thanks. I know. I, well, I well instead much. of substituting me out, we're adding somebody in this week. We are. And she is amazing. And her uh, co-host is amazing. We, I, I've kind of followed this podcast along since she became our biggest fan. I think the moment we launched. Nice. Um, probably like six months ago. I God, I think six months ago, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> She, she sent me a message. She's like, Oh, I absolutely love this podcast. And I'm like, Oh wow. You're this is, you're like pretty much like our first fan that has been following us along. Yep. So you're amazing. And so I, I listened to her Harry Potter stuff and just kind of got enthralled with it. And it was really amazing. Our guest today has a podcast called friends do fandom. I'm sure there's a ton of fandom that they're going to talk about over the course of their entire career of podcasting. But uh, right now it's all Harry Potter themed and it's absolutely amazing. And so I want to welcome to the program, one of the co-hosts of Friends Do Fandom, uh, Christy. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming absolutely. on. Absolutely. I am so happy to be here. So yeah, that is all very accurate. I saw your podcast <laughs> name and I was like, yes. They're rewatching The Simpsons. Yes. Like you, I think you guys are probably about the same age as me, like what, mid 30s? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 37. I'm, thir- I'm going to be 34 in like two months now. Okay. So I'm 33. So I stumbled onto The Simpsons in like 90s. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, 10, 11, 12 ish years old. And then, you know, I just got obsessed. So it's funny that like, as you're doing the rewatch, there's been stuff that I'm like, oh, I, I missed this the first time, or I find it funnier, or uh, I missed an entire episode because like back in the day, you could miss an episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, unless you had a VCR or we're recording on the day that it was on. Who does that? Oh, wait. I know, right? <laughs> oh, wait. oh, we do. I, I have an entire closet full of VHS tapes to prove it. Oh my gosh. I used to obsessively make sure that my VHS was set to record like the Simpson, like the Sunday lineup was my like jam oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. They had a good Sunday lineup back in the day. Thanks. Absolutely. So, so you kind of stole our, our first question for you, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I, but we do like asking all of our guests. I mean, what drove you to the Simpsons? Like, was it, something that the first episode you ever watched kind of hooked you or was it something about the Simpsons family in general that you saw in yourself or what, what made you kind of watch the Simpsons and continue watching it? Yeah, I definitely uh, like I could relate to the dysfunctional family unit and I definitely related to Lisa Simpson. I am a Lisa Simpson. I'm that like straight a uh, student. I, worked hard in school and I never understood 
like the Bart Simpsons of the world. So I definitely <laughs> related to the like, what is wrong with me? Like, I must be weird. I must be unique. And then you kind of find your niche and in finding Lisa and being so relatable to her and like Marge in like the early seasons of like that mom figure, I just fell in love with like the humor and the characters and the storylines and Simpson Homer Simpson versus New York, the state of New York, the city of New York is one of my like top five. Like I could watch that. I know the entire episode front to back. And I was, I talking about you guys, I was, I was very impressed with your notes for the show because I was like, I have this book from like the nineties and I'm sure oh, like, Steve has that book. You, you guys yep. must have that same book because I was referring to it to like, be like, I'm going to one up their knowledge with this knowledge. And then I saw it in your show notes and I was like, Oh, they have that same book. They must. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the funny thing is I don't actually have the book. Steve has the book. So yes, sometimes he will put, you know, notes or quotes from the book in there. But I feel like there are times where I've already beat him to it just by watching the episode first. Yeah. And oddly enough, I mean, obviously everyone watches episodes a little bit differently, which is why we kind of pass the notes back and forth. And there's things that Robert will add in there that I just didn't think about, or maybe just necessarily made, didn't make the book. Like yeah. whoever wrote it, just it just didn't make it. And so, but yeah, I have the complete uh, guide to our favorite family and I have the part two of that one as well. I do and, too. <laughs> and I don't know why they stopped. I mean, this is an amazing work of, of art here for, for this book. And I, I swear, I don't know if the author just decided not to do continue doing it, but I swear they, they should. How many, make a- how many seasons is the, do they go up to for those two books? I think 10 between both of them that's eight? 10 or tw- 10 or 12 between oh, the two they gotta bring out more i know right just makes our job a little bit easier <laughs> in the long run <laughs> so moving on to season two episode 19 of lisa's substitute which we did let christy pick because we wanted yes. to make sure she was you know having a her favorite season two episode correct we, al- we always like to have our guests, you know, pick their favorite episode because then it's more fun to talk about. So this aired on April 25th, 1991. Uh, again, we we have three episodes left of season two. I know uh, it's sad, but we'll get to the, we're, we're getting in the meat and potatoes of like the best Simpsons episodes. Uh, recap for this episode. Homer pales in comparison with Lisa's teacher as is Bart with his opponent. For class president uh chalkboard this week there was none they decided on a, the one episode. laziness laziness <laughs> we're, we're talking about all the repeated couch gags and then they go and do something like this oh i was so salty about the couch gag. <laughs> <laughs> I was so uh, not only that but like yeah the and then i've heard you guys talk about what the tricks that they did to cut you know runtime so that they could fit in more content and so part of me is like well, maybe we didn't get a chalkboard gag because there's more content in this episode. Not yep, a and, whole, uh, about an extra minute, I think. Yeah, like right. Yeah, and it's and it's funny. Me and me and Robert were talking about this before. I mean, just rewatching this episode again with you know kind of fresh eyes just made us realize how amazing this episode is. And you know, the lack of chalkboard gag, uh, I yeah. think I'm okay with it. 
And uh, the couch gag is another repeat. Uh, the Simpsons run into the living room to find the couch is missing. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of classic. I know. Uh, to be perfectly honest, with the season two stuff, I get why they have the couch gag there. But if you're just going to keep repeating it, because as we've talked about in the past, they cut out chalkboard and couch gags to fill a little bit more time. If you're just going to repeat the couch gag, you might as well just cut it and give yourself maybe an extra like 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. Or add time, you know, throw another commercial in there. Yeah. So we start out at Springfield Elementary School. Uh, We see Lisa's class uh, talking about how Miss Hoover, their teacher, is late getting to school. And there's a couple rumors going around. One of them is she drank a bottle of drain cleaner (laughs) by mistake. Or she fell down a well. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Drinking a bottle of uh, drink cleaner by mistake? No. No? Okay. Just putting it out there. I mean, I don't know how one accidentally drinks a bottle of drink cleaner. Well, and and so the weird thing about this is, is it seems like it's the beginning of the school day. And when I was in high school, and I don't know if you guys remember any story from your high school or middle school or even elementary school days where a kid brought a gun to school and by seventh period, the rumor was the teacher who caught the student was shot. <laughs> now, yes. clearly that didn't happen because we would have been removed from school, but you know, kids have active imaginations. Yep. I mean, that's, it is kind of funny how they're, I mean, and, and like you said, it was be the beginning of the day, which I think it was. Cause I mentioned earlier on that the clock says nine, yeah. nine 15. So obviously it was dev. I would think right away in the in the morning. So uh, Skinner brings Miss Hoover coming in crying, and then Lisa comments that she was dumped again. And <laughs> I the weird thing is this is what like the second time we've seen Miss Hoover in the Simpsons. Yeah, I think so. Pretty close. Why why would they go that route with that comment for Lisa? It just seems weird that. I mean, I guess later on in the episode, we kind of learned why she left, but it's, I don't know. To me, it was, it was an odd comment because we don't know any background to Miss Hoover. But the kids do. That's true. All right. But yeah, we find out she has a Lyme disease and I love Principal Skinner. You know, there's like, what's Lyme? Or Ralph's like, what's Lyme disease? It's like Lyme disease is spread by small parasites called ticks. When a diseased tick attaches itself to you and begins sucking your blood. And then Miss Hoover's like, oh. <laughs> and like, malignant uh, spirotex infect your bloodstream, eventually spreading to your spinal fluid and into your brain. And then she goes like, the brain. Oh, dear God. It's just, <laughs> it's so good. Her little under, like, to herself. The brain. And, yeah. and do you think she even knew the actual symptoms to Lyme disease? Because... Obviously, we'll we'll get to this later in the episode of why she didn't really have it, but uh, I, I feel like she didn't even know the side effects or what having Lyme disease actually meant. I don't think anyone does. Like, so this is a complete aside. At one point in my life, I my doctor thought I would have Lyme Lyme disease. It's no, it's no joke. <laughs> like, you oh, know, yeah. when when you're looking at like you know, your symptoms and you're getting all the blood work and they're like, Oh, it could potentially be Lyme. You're like, what? Yeah. I actually had a camp counselor and it was like two weeks after camp was, uh, ended actually passed away of Lyme disease. This was like, Oh, 
18 years, uh, 19 years ago or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, as you said, Lyme disease is no joke. And uh, yeah, if they don't catch it right away, it's pretty deadly. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of like rabies. I mean, you don't catch it. That's it. So I did make mention here that Ralph asked what Lyme disease was. And I feel like for a second grader, that's not a dumb question because when I was six, or seven, I didn't know what Lyme disease was. Yeah. And so I had mentioned they didn't make Ralph dumb like they do in, you know, future episodes. However, I was wrong on that. And we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> yep. So we learned uh, Miss Hoover's first name is Elizabeth. And I honestly can't remember. Maybe you guys can, but I can't really remember any of my teachers' first names or anyone really calling them by their first names. Not no, really. I'm, I'm friends with like a few of my teachers on Facebook. And when it's their birthday, I'll be like, happy birthday, Mr. and Mrs. whatever, fill in the blank. And they're like, Christy, you can call me like Tim. And I'm like, nope, that's no. <laughs> Well, that's weird. It's weird. I think I had, I think I had one high school teacher that I was able to call by their first name. I think, uh, but other than that, yeah. Until I hit college, I mean, I mean, I don't even think in college I called any of my professors by their first name. Well, you also you also went to the University of Minnesota. I went to like. A, I mean, I still went to the University of Wisconsin Green Bay, but I feel like maybe that's a less formal college. I don't know. Yeah, I went. To a, uh, I went to a Catholic uh, college <laughs> in like Nowheresville, New Hampshire. So yeah. they were probably pretty strict there, right? Yeah, I for someone who's not so fun fact, I'm I'm not like Catholic. I'm Orthodox. So like going in. I was like an oddity. So like every time something different would happen, like religiously, and we don't want to get into that too much on the podcast, but they would look at me and be like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I- I'm a human <laughs> being. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I was very strict. All the, all the sisters did not like me because I was not Catholic, but anyway, Ooh. Ooh. yeah. All right. So uh, I like how the clock on the wall went from 9.15 when the principal and uh, Miss Hoover walked in, and then it was 9.20 when they started talking about Lyme disease, and then when she walked out, it was 9.32. So, I, so like it took, it didn't seem like it took 17 minutes <laughs> and they to... Never, and they never cut away. Exactly. So... Yeah, Either the really animators, weird. but I, so it's kind of like, I always, I kind of thought about it. Like if they were, let's say it was live action. It's kind of almost similar to that because as far as continuity goes, I don't know if clocks are high on the list of things people look at, but the fact that it didn't stay nine fifteen meant that the animators knew there was some change in time. Yeah. I noticed that too and like totally appreciated it. But yeah, I agree that I don't think that that would have, that conversation would have been 17 minutes. No. No. And then the, also the clock had a power cord running down the wall into an outlet. I don't remember any school clocks. I know. I think our elementary school had power cords for the, the clocks. I, I think really I do remember that. And I a hundred percent remember power cords. Oh, really? Yeah. I 
always thought it was I always thought it was just kind of like the the you know the exit signs and everything in the school is all like wired into the building. I had just assumed clocks were just either wired into the building by power or were battery powered like most clocks are. But no, I definitely I, I remember the power cord. Yeah, well, I guess I was wrong. My memories yeah. did not suit me for that. Uh, moving on, uh, I do like the uh, the give a hoot, read a book sign from uh, when uh, Krusty was framed. They talk about his uh, literacy program, and there's a sign on a fish that says "Don't touch fish," which yeah, is probably good advice. <laughs> it's probably good good advice for seven year olds or eight year olds. At least is eight. Yep. If there's one thing I appreciate is the sign gags. In yes. yes. It, there's something for you to look at at any given point. Mm-hmm. And, and the fun part is finding them. Like, like we were talking about the whole book situation there. That wasn't in the book. There was nothing that, Oh, I actually, you know what? Maybe there was, I think, no, just the give a hoot, read a book sign was, yeah. was in the book, but the fish one, I, I, that was all me. Okay. Um, so Skinner is about to take over Lisa's class when screams are heard from above and Skinner replies, Bart Simpson, I know it's you. Uh, that's, <laughs> now here's the thing. And I wrote this in our, in the notes is so in our elementary school, first grade and kindergarten were on the same level. Second, yep. third, second and third had their own levels. And then the fourth and fifth graders shared a, a level. So the first, yeah, the top floor, yeah, the top floor was fourth and fifth. So, but in Springfield, I guess we see in the outside of the school, it's only three levels, if I remember correctly. So I guess it yeah. would probably make sense that he could hear the screams, but I feel it's a little bit of a plot drive to put Bart's class right above Lisa's class. Just so that we could get the uh, the you know the plot to to drive along. Yeah, we uh, again from Nowheresville, New Hampshire. <laughs> I had uh, all grades were in the same building, K through six, and um, it wasn't until like I was heading into middle school that our school was getting too small, and we had portable classrooms outside. But what oh. I was really sad about was that there like this might have been too early for a floor gag. Do you yeah. guys know what I'm talking about? When I wrote yeah. this, it's like when it, when the camera pans from like floor one to floor two, and there's always something to look at. Like I'm like with the sign gags, there's like yeah. a yes. pin or like, like an old book. I was hoping to see something. I, I was yes. right there with you. I, I saw that scene and I'm like, huh, there, there's nothing in between the floors. That's kind yeah. of sad. So far, the floor gag has only been in, I think, two or three. There was the Bart gets hit by a car when they go from hell up to his oh, room. Um, and yeah, so far, nothing has been in the middle. But I know I know at least one time in the Simpsons home when they do that, there's like a dead rat or something in the middle. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully soon enough we'll get a get a floor gag here. Maybe season three. You guys so, want to you, you oh, say you have to put a pin in it? Yes. yes, we'll put a pit in it Yay! and we will come back. Woo! Uh, so we get up to uh, Bart's classroom and it must be like show and tell or something. It because, is, yes. Because Bart is showing the class a video of Snowball 2's birth. Yes, entitled uh, How Kittens Are Born, The Ugly Story. <laughs> the Ugly Truth. Not the ugly story, the ugly truth. It is um, an ugly story. No, no, no. It is what? an ugly story. Let's be real. 
Yeah. Uh, I do like the, cl- uh, so Bart, you know, he's like, you know, the kids are screaming cause they're watching a live birth and, uh, he talks about how they were going to keep a gray one, but the mother ate it. And I was like, I, I thought I'm like, well, is this something that cats do? And it is, uh, cats may eat their kittens. Typically if they are deformed, stillborn or have birth defects, a mother cat may also eat her young if she is stressed. So it is something that mother kittens, cats do. They sometimes eat their young. It's, it's gross, but Hey, we're, we're learning. We like learning on this show. (laughs) And then, and then, uh, Bart holds up the remote and says, Oh, look, this is really cool. When I hit reverse, I can make them go back in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, I mean, I don't think they've gone through sex ed yet and at least in Bart's grade. Like, so he's uh fourth grade. So I, I apparently, I mean, I don't think we did, or maybe we did, maybe it was fifth grade that, that we started doing it. I but don't I, remember I, until like sixth grade doing sex education. Oh, really? Maybe it, maybe it was like I said, I, time is very strange when you think back that far. Yep. Uh, so I, I did know that, so when you first see the shot of Bart's classroom, it doesn't seem like a full classroom. You only see like seven or eight kids plus Mrs. Krabappel. And it's like the first couple of shots. But then when he does the rewind thing, you see the entire classroom. And I just, to me, it was kind of weird that yeah. it didn't seem like the full class was there until like the final shot. It's hard to draw kids. Lots of kids. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I saw that too. And when I saw the note, I'm like, Oh, that it, it kind of clicked. I'm like, Oh, I guess there were less kids when they first started showing it or it was the angle. I don't know. Maybe it was the angle, it was but, <laughs> but yeah. So I like how after Bart shows the, after rewinding the tape, Wendell puts his hands over his mouth. If he's going to vomit when Bart's playing the video kit backwards. And I we mean, do it- know that we do know that Wendell has a nausea problem. I thought yeah. it was a motion sickness problem. Motion, well, yeah, nausea, motion sickness, I guess. You mentioned that in the book. <laughs> it did. <laughs> oh, man. Don't tell everyone our secrets. <gasps> It'll be uh, your secrets. <laughs> yeah. Here's a secret. I use Wikipedia. Uh, a, yeah, little right. bit, a little bit. Um, well, I don't have the book, all right? <laughs> um, so we go back to the second grade with Skinner teaching Lisa's class about a schwa, which is an upside down lowercase e, which in my notes, I wrote it. I wrote, look it up. If you like, I did. I didn't understand it. I think it was something with like numbers. I mean, I I think Lisa would have been the only one to understand it if, if she knew, but I do like that. We'll get to it a little bit later about, uh, you know, Mr. Bergstrom not uh, following uh, Miss Hoover's lessons plan, but apparently Skinner doesn't want to follow Miss Hoover's lessons plan as either, because I don't think Miss Hoover is going to be talking about this stuff. Okay, when a thirty, almost thirty-four year old doesn't understand a schwa, I'm pretty sure seven and eight year olds won't either. No, I get that, but that's what I'm saying. I don't <laughs> yeah. think it would have been in Miss Hoover's lessons plan. Yeah. I don't think so. Not for <laughs> so sure. what the. So what the hell was Principal Skinner talking about? I don't know. I I just don't get it. 
Um, but then all of a sudden, Mr. Bergstrom burst into the classroom, shooting off his guns. Yeah, that was really which, weird. Which was which were planks. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, if they weren't, he shot up into Bart's classroom. So <laughs> oh. oh no. maybe somebody might want to go check on Bart's classroom if those weren't blanks. <laughs> maybe they were at recess. No one knew. It's possible. Bart comes back. Why are there holes in my desk? <laughs> Why are there holes in the ground? Yeah. <laughs> right. So Mr. Bergstrom is voiced by Dustin Hoffman who actually used a pseudonym in this uh, episode, like a lot of early uh, voice actors and actresses, because they didn't really think the Simpsons was going to go far. And now they're probably kicking themselves. Uh, but he used the, the pseudonym Sam Edick, uh, which is a play on the word Semitic, which a uh, little bit of a spoiler alert here, not on the fact that Hoffman is Jewish, but his character is also Jewish. So yes. that's why he chose Semitic as his pseudonym because both him and his character are jewish yeah you could tell by the big nose the curly hair his voice his voice <laughs> i don't know maybe I mean, we're both jewish i don't know if people could tell by your voice probably not <laughs> I, w- I would go off a limb and say probably not i honestly like had no idea this was dustin hoffman and i i thought i heard i was like this is super familiar and i went to the book and I saw it was, it says, Oh, played by Sam Edick. And I was like, who, who the hell is Sam Edick? Like, what is this? You Googled it, didn't you? I did not. I went to oh. your notes and then the notes said Dustin Hoffman. I was like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. Like yeah. I could hear it then. But an upcoming guest, we might ask him why a said character did not use his real name in the show. I actually think I know the answer to that, but I'm curious to see if I am right. Yeah. So you didn't hear it from me about a secret guest coming up (laughs) on a show. That we record. That we record. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm really pumped to hear that episode. Yeah. It's going to be good. I like it. All right. So Principal Skinner, a Vietnam veteran. uh, Spoiler alert. Yes, we don't we don't technically know this yet. Or maybe we do. I guess no, I no. don't think we do. No. Uh takes immediate cover when Mr. Bergstrom enters the classroom shooting blanks. Which in hindsight makes sense. Um although to be fair, I would anyone do that? Yeah, I think anybody would probably just cower in fear if somebody all all of a sudden busted in and started shooting off guns. I yes. have a follow-up question, and again, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched later seasons, did they change the war that, and I don't know if either of you have watched past, like, season, you know, 14, 15, like, 20, like, whatever season they're on now, but, like, did they change his veteran status at all? Not that, I mean, I've watched, yeah, yeah. I'm caught up through this season, but... um Outside of the the, uh, the fake Seymour episode, I, I don't think they really touch on that, do I, they? I was going to say, other than was it the principal and the popper, right? Was that episode? Yeah. 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 I think that was the last time they even talked about it, about him really being in the service. I mean, I, I really can't think of anything anything else. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was the episode where he quits being, uh, or he gets fired. And then he goes back to the army. Well, but I even in that, popper. no, no, no. 
No, no, no. That's the one where Bart's dog gets caught in the vent and then he oh, falls out. Oh, yeah. That's a good episode. Yes. A good one. But I... But in that episode, when he goes back to teach at the at the Army Academy, I, I, I don't even think in that episode they say where he was a veteran from. Yeah. To my to my knowledge. But I think, like you said, the principal and the pauper, I think that's the really the only other episode where they, they talk about his what war he was in. Yeah. I was just so another Yeah, we could put another pin in it. <laughs> that was farther away, but <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll remember. I have 20, 20 years for now. So do you remember that episode where uh, we talked <laughs> about Principal Skinner being a Vietnam veteran? I'll come back for that episode. Okay. <laughs> you can remind us eh, that <laughs> you're, you're our pin for that one. Love that. Love that. I'll see you guys then. <laughs> Perfect. So, so we learned there are three things wrong with Mr. Bergram's outfit. Um, and so, well, he first asked like, um, I'll give a special Give to anyone who could tell me the three things wrong with what I'm wearing. And obviously the smartest one in the room, Lisa, uh, yep. says it. So the belt buckle says state of Texas, but Texas wasn't a state until 1845. The revolver wasn't invented until 1835. And Lisa correctly guesses that the substitute is Jewish and there weren't any Jewish cowboys. And uh, I like how he's like, oh, I was also wearing a digital watch. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so here's he accepts all the answers and in fact, there were Jewish cowboys. Yes. There were. So. And you guys talked about this in your prior episode when Homer had a digital watch. And uh, yes. And do we feel as though Mr. Bergstrom would have been able to afford a digital watch in the 90s? As a substitute I mean, teacher, probably right? not. That's, probably that's not. Per diem. Like I used to substitute teach. That is, they don't like pay you very well. <laughs> yeah, it it is kind of funny, and I do like the fact that even in these future episodes, that they get to you know they make fun of Apple having their um, eye products and stuff like that. And what I mean, Homer Simpson's obviously get side jobs in the future maybe that's to pay for all the extravagant things that he owns you know what i mean like he becomes mr plow eventually maybe maybe he just did obviously he wanted to you know help out but maybe it was he was in it for the extra money to afford all the you know digital watches he can't really afford, afford. <laughs> maybe maybe yep so uh yeah so mr bergstrom <laughs> this, is, this is awesome i've never had a well maybe you know what I think there is one substitute teacher that I ever had, or maybe it was a real teacher where they allowed us to come up with uh, um, funny names to actually call them. I think it was Mr. Joswick. Was it was, Mr. Joswick? Oh, it might've been Jaws. I think it might've been him where he allowed us to call him by other names. By the way, and, coolest seventh grade slash eighth grade teacher I've ever oh, had. By, by far. But yeah, I like how it was Mr. Nerdstrom and Mr. Boogerstrom. <laughs> I, I, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't like speak today. I, this, this is like a dangerous game. And I like, I go out to those guys, like the substitute you guys are talking about. Cause like, I, I was just too chicken to like <laughs> do anything like that. Cause so my, my maiden name uh, was Cacklamanis. And as a kid, I used to be called, they would call me Kangamangus, which is the famous highway in New Hampshire where I live. 
So I got that a lot. Um, it's a really weird thing, by the way. It's a very oddly specific thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is that, do you guys feel like that would be, is that the gender thing? Like, is that the male substitute teacher versus female? And like, mind you, when I was substitute teaching, I was like 19, 20, like doing it during this, like when I was off of school, um, do you feel that that would have been the divider there as well? I maybe. I mean, I think male just humor is slightly different sometimes, especially yeah. in the 90s. I feel like that's true. Like just male humor was a little bit more off the wall. Oh yeah. And I could see a teacher, you know, saying, "You know what? You know, if you want to make fun of my name, it's good." I feel like it look at it like this. If you tell someone to do it, they're more likely not to do it because a grown up said to do it. That's you know? true. That's true. So maybe maybe it was smart. Maybe he was he was just thinking. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna tell these kids they can call me uh call me weird names. And you know <laughs> what? I bet they will not do it. Nope. No, they did not. Uh so we cut back to Bart's class and they are doing student elections. And for their election process, uh they do nominations, a campaign. And then the election, uh, which is pretty standard for any election. I guess the one thing they didn't really talk about was, you know, donor dinners, but yeah, yeah right. fourth grade. Uh, but yeah, I that's, that's a pretty, pretty standard election process. You know, people get nominated. They tell people what they stand for. You have an election and you lose by two votes. Yeah, right. But oh, that's a spoiler. Stop that. But uh so one thing one thing I didn't write down, but I, I was thinking about it right now. So for class president, you would obviously your pool would be the entire fourth grade. Correct. My assumption being is the entire fourth grade isn't in one classroom because you'd have different subjects of you know, yeah. you have your science class, English class, you know, you it, all the entire fourth grade would be separated out. They wouldn't all the students so is Springfield Elementary that small or was it did it just so happen that we all knew Martin was going to be one of them <laughs> and well to make the story even plausible Sherry and Terry are like well we should nominate Bart Simpson yeah or was there you know was that the class size in Springfield was it's, it a small school I mean it seems like their class size is about 20 kids which is a plausible thing. Uh, Christy, I don't know, growing up in New Hampshire, if you remember your class sizes at all. Yeah, we had, um, it was probably about three or four per grade. So like three fourth grades, couple okay. fourth yeah. grades. Yeah, so like, and probably about like the high 20s per class size. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so even that's on, on the low end. So 60 total, you know, 60 total students in the fourth grade, but you're only taking a pool for class president out of one of those classrooms. It either seems really odd or the, the, the Springfield elementary, literally Bart's classroom is the entirety of the fourth grade. Or the other option is maybe their specific class is learning about the election process. So they are just nominating Martin for that specific class. And Maybe. Yeah. It just seems really weird. 
Yeah. But then like I was just kind of Yeah, but then to add to the weirdness is what Mrs. Krabappel does. Yeah. Yep, she suggests that the class that they vote for Martin. Yeah, not sure if that's ethical. It's not. Or, <laughs> no. In, in well, any election. Well, no, but to be fair, the the pool of qualified candidates in that classroom <laughs> very very little bit light. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hey, you know what, Sherry and Terry, president, vice president, I I, I might have voted that way too. I could see that. Yeah. Now, now in a in a in a future episode, we do see a flash forward where Bart is isn't he a judge? Yes. So it's not that far fetched that Bart maybe should be class president. Maybe <laughs> he gets slightly smarter in the future. Some, well, and then in Ever. some episodes he doesn't. So I mean, yeah. who knows? Yep. So now we head back to Lisa's classroom and Mister uh, Bergstrom or. Boogerstrom gives the glass pelican uh, as a snack. Uh, why? I I don't know. Who eats pelican? It's a tasty bird. Do you think kind of like like beef like, like beef jerky consistency? Like, what does a pelican taste like? Anybody out there, if you've ever eaten a pelican, please let us know. I have questions. <laughs> I have well, okay, maybe it's maybe it's along the same line as a duck. I mean, they're a little bit bigger birds, but they're they're an aquatic bird, so maybe duck and pelican have the same consistency. I, I don't know. Again, a, anybody out there, if you've eaten pelican, please, we have questions <laughs> that need answers. <laughs> All right, so now he starts singing Home on the Range. Which is factually inaccurate. As we learn. So fun fact, so when they originally recorded Hoffman's singing parts, they were too low, so they had to ask him to come back and re-record them. Like his voice register was too low? Yeah. That is kind of interesting. So, I, obviously, you know, Christy and Steve, you know, and myself, we do the podcast, and I work in television where I do a lot of editing. Well, Christy, I don't know how much audio editing you do with your podcast, but if a if somebody's voice is too low and you bring up the level of that audio, eventually you get to the point where it's going to sound really bad. So what I'm assuming happened was it was at that point where they didn't record it properly, so it was too low, and when they tried to bring it up, they got the hissing sound in the background, which you can hear, like a white noise. So got to have them come back and re-record it. That is guess I've never done that. Yeah, I, I think that I... The the worst thing that's ever happened to me was I, if I'm like recording video and audio on site and like the video on my phone won't pick up great audio and I've thought about like trying to put the audio that I record from my like computer dubbed and I'm like, that yeah. is really much work for me. So <laughs> I usually uh, just scratch the video at that point. I'm like, it's just going to be an audio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dubbing, trying to dub audio on the video is is not easy. Uh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mouth, the mouth moving and the audio, it's, I've done it. It's hard, but I've done it. All right. So uh, Lisa gets caught with a note uh, where the teacher is drawn, drawn on it and I do like how it has like stink lines on it too. Yeah. Like they, they drew a little stink lines and the title of it is the singing dork. Yep. I didn't draw it. Well, it's, it's really good, but 
so you like it, but I didn't draw it. Where she goes back and forth. I'm like, I mean, would any of you take credit for a note being passed if the teacher actually liked it? See, as a Lisa, I could, I 100% related to this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been part of a, like, I remember parts of class where, like, the teacher would leave and, like, I would kind of sit there and, like, what do I do? Do I act out with the rest of the kids or do I sit here and kind of, like, be the Eagle Scout for my teacher? (laughs) And, like, it's such a hard line because, like, and then when the teacher comes back and is either, A, fine with whatever silliness is happening or, B, asks you specifically, hey, what happened? You're kind of like, uh, (laughs) it's so hard. I don't know that I would have taken credit for it. I I don't think I would take credit. I don't ever remember a time when I was in school where kids would pass notes and it would get to me. Um, I think maybe once or twice, but teacher never caught me with the note. So I never luckily was in that situation. Yeah, I do like how Lisa is in that type of situation because you look at the two people in the school that kind of have the same similarities. So like Lisa and Martin are very similar in the, the smartness. They, but the, I think the one difference is Martin is like you said, the kind of the Eagle Scout policing the, the room where something goes wrong. Whereas Lisa is kind of on that. I'm going to kind of stay out of the way because Martin just gets his ass kicked and thrown in a locker. Yeah. If if you say anything, whereas Lisa's like, you know what? I know something's wrong, but I'm going to deny it. And I don't, I don't want to step, you know, step on anyone's toes. Mm-hmm. But, but then another note gets passed to Lisa and now it's her as the singing dorkette. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how those notes were drawn like really quickly. Like, like someone was like, oh, Lisa's not going to take credit for it. Quickly draw it here, Lisa. Yeah. You're the singing dorkette. Do you- and, and so it almost, it almost happened anyway, like without her taking credit for it. And I almost wonder, had she taken credit for it, if that note still would have been passed. I almost think it would have because now she's the goody two-shoes that took credit for the note that wasn't hers. Yeah, Yeah. I think it would have gotten passed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now we cut back to Bart's class and Miss Kerbopple's like, oh, who else should be nominated? And Sherry and Terry nominate Bart. And Bart goes, well, I had a speech ready, but my dog ate it. And the kids laughed. To be fair... (laughs) That was hilarious. <laughs> that is such a Bart thing to say. And plus, Santa's little helper does. I, now, granted, they did do the the training school, and he's all trained up. But maybe you know he still eats stuff here and there. I mean, he's a dog. A, he's a dog. Yep. So it would be now. Obviously, it's a joke because Bart didn't realize he was going to get nominated. Um, and so. Mrs. Kerbopple wants to distract Bart, and so she wants Bart to deliver a message to the principal's office that reads, please keep Bart busy for a few minutes. <laughs> Can I add, I was applauding this moment for Mrs. Kerbopple, number one. and But number two, as, as a former teacher myself, I've had a few Barts, and um, <laughs> I don't know that I would have trusted him to not read that note. Yes. I probably would have read that note. I would have. And I'm not a Bart. <laughs> or at least on the way to the principal's office. I could see him not reading it in the classroom, but as he walks out into the principal's office, him cracking it open and reading it then. Yes. 
I and so yeah, I feel like that's a dangerous game because he's gonna look at it and go, oh my, I don't really need to go to the principal's office. Turn himself right back around. Now on the flip side, so sophomore year of high school, uh, my second semester English, I had a different teacher, coolest, like one of the coolest teachers in my high school. He sent a kid. He gave him a pink slip, told him to go to the office. And in the reason column, he wrote something like he's stupid. Like it wasn't a real reason. And the kid had no idea that he wrote that until he got to the principal's office. So to counterpoint, it might not actually be too far fetched that Bart wouldn't read it. I do agree with you that he probably would because it's Bart, but I have seen a situation where a teacher has written an a uh, pink slip, put a stupid reason on there and <laughs> sent a kid on his way. And the kid had no idea. I mean, I, I would be not, uh, you know, I wouldn't be honest if I hadn't sent my share of kids to the principal's <laughs> office and like just made up a reason to just get yeah. them out of my classroom. <laughs> <laughs> but this yep. is reason number two of many that of why I'm not teaching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'm sure you would have gotten Bart's comment back, but Miss Kerbopple, how would I know where the principal's <laughs> office is? Uh, so innocently. Yeah. You know, not like he, you know, has ever been there before for nope. any reason. Nope. He's never been there. I, Bart's a great kid. <laughs> I can't even get As his know. file in the principal Skinner's office would show. Yes. What is it? Like nine folders? Eight folders? He has an entire just like cabinet drawer dedicated. Uh, Dedicated. How he hasn't been expelled yet? Beyond me. I, yeah. So, uh, after she sends Bart out, she admonishes the class for encouraging him. And while she's doing this, Bart is uh, putting his face (laughs) up against the glass window to the room and the kids cheer some more. I feel like I quote that often that what have I told you about encouraging them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop encouraging students. Well, stop encouraging them to be a, a class clown, I think is what she's getting at. Yeah. But I don't think Bart would ever not do it. I don't think Bart needs encouragement. I mean, it does help feel the fire, but I don't think Bart de- technically needs encouragement to do it. Yeah. All right. So we get to Mr. Bergstrom again, and he's reading Charlotte's Rub to the class. And the line he reads is not the final line in the book. There's still one chapter left. Uh, the Simpsons couldn't get the rights to the book. Uh, that's all they could read without getting sued. I mean, early on show, uh, getting rights to, I'm sure anything was probably like pulling teeth. Yeah, they asked, um, well, I can't, I, I can't think of the, the author's name for Charlotte's Web. Uh, but they asked like the family and the family said no. So they could only get this is all they could use. So it sounds like they wanted to use more, but they were like, the the estate was like, no, nah, not happening. I mean, it makes sense for the show, though. That was a great, even though it wasn't the end of the book, I think it, yeah. it hit the right spot in the oh, episode yeah. to just make it, you know, Lisa tear up and, you know, just make her fall in love with Mr. Bergstrom even more. I, I, I liked... Uh... That's an interesting tidbit because I don't think I realized that that's the excerpt that they chose. But now I'm just getting yeah. Willie in my head. It's a it's a shinning. You want to get sued? 
<laughs> yeah. And that was that that was season four Treehouse of Horror, I think. So I think probably maybe still at that point they were just having issues getting rights to yeah. to anything. Now here's the thing: when it comes to the Treehouse of Horror stuff, because it's a parody, they don't actually need to ask permission yeah. to use it because right. they are parodying it. It's kind of uh, it's the same thing with Weird Al. The, he's got one song. He never asked permission to use, and he always asks any of the artists. They usually say yes because most artists are like, oh, it's a rite of passage to get parodied by Weird Al. And the one song he didn't ask uh, was Amish Paradise, which is Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Yo, so and good. Coolio was pissed, but eventually he came around. Coolio eventually came around, um, but... Yeah, so obviously the Simpsons don't want to read more than what they're told not to read. Yeah, well, I just I just listened to a uh, recent interview with Yardley uh, Smith, who does voice Lisa, yeah. and she was saying that for all the songs that are are parodied, yeah, they the Simpsons actually couldn't get the rights to those songs either, and so the orchestra would write the you know the notes to it, mm-hmm. and it would be off by you know, a half a note or a note, but she was saying because the songs that they were singing are so ingrained in our, in their heads that she would have to take like six, seven takes because she'd be singing (laughs) the song and just the notes would click in her brain saying, Oh, this is the real notes and, and forget to to change them. After that's all over, Mr. Bergeson wants to see everyone's talents, which it's kind of weird for teachers to ask, you know, weird talents, not yeah. just, you know, like Lisa's of all of the talents, Lisa's was definitely like the realest talent. Cause yeah. I knew a few kids who could stick out their tongue to their nose. Yeah. Kinda, that was good. The random kid <laughs> flipping his eyelids inside out. Oh. I knew some people. Did you guys know people that could do that? I knew people yes, that could do that. I know. And it's gross. It's so gross. I agree with that. <laughs> it's still gross. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, my friend Ben could take his tongue and turn it into three loops. Like, you know how you could like fold your tongue? Oh, in half? yeah. yeah. He, he can make it into three loops on the tip of his tongue. Um, can you, I can turn my tongue completely upside down. Can you guys do anything fun? Uh, I can put my entire thumb behind my hand. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to picture the tongue upside down thing. And I'm just like, how does that work? Um, like I could, I could just turn my tongue, like turn it and it's upside down. Okay. That's a visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's more of a, that's more of a visual thing you got to yeah. see. Um, I think I can, I can roll my tongue, but as far as like actual, I, this is going to sound <laughs> like a terrible thing. As far as actual talents, I can play the piano. Oh, there you go. I mean, I could play the violin. So I have some actual, yeah. Can you still play the clarinet, Steve? No, but you know what my new talent is? I can podcast. Yes. <laughs> right. So, Mr. So, Mr. Bergstrom sees Lisa Sack uh, Sacks because he's like, "Oh, you haven't contributed," and Lisa really doesn't want to play her saxophone in front of the kids. And I wonder why, because I feel like now Lisa would have whipped it out and played something. So, why do you guys think that she was like, was it the Mr. Bergstrom thing? Or do you think it's oh, Hoover? I think it was just the kids in the class. Okay. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna go with Chrissy. I think it was Mr. Bergstrom because obviously we could tell she has a crush on him. 
Okay. And the kids, she's been playing in band concerts since that's true. forever. Right. So I think I think her playing in front of the class, I think that wouldn't have bugged. I think if well, Miss Hoover, I don't think would have ever asked, but no. I think if she would have asked, I think Lisa would have been fine playing in front of the class. I think she was just smitten with Mr. Bergstrom and just didn't feel comfortable, you know, because what if she messed up? What if she missed yeah. a note? What if, then he might think less of her. Yeah, that is very true. So we get to the next scene and uh, <laughs> this is by far probably my favorite scene. I've never seen The Graduate. I should probably watch it. Uh, but Mrs. Kermopel is in this uh, in the classroom trying to seduce Mr. Bergstrom, uh, which is a reference to Hoffman's similar situation in the 67 film, The Graduate. Uh, and she goes, uh, she is technically still married, but her husband has moved out, which not not really shocker because in the sushi episode, she makes out with the chef. So yes. she's she's playing the field. So I would like to know how long her husband's move, been moved out because that sushi, sushi episode was what early season two. Yeah. So maybe, maybe she was cheating on him and her husband found out and moved out after that. Yeah. But I do like how, you, how it's the reference of the graduate, like Miss Kerbopel's leg and Bergstrom behind it. That's yeah. like the direct uh, shot from oh. the movie poster. Okay. For the graduate. Fun fact. So Lisa admires uh, Mr. Bergson for not giving in to Kerbopel. So he has, you know, some dignity. Yeah. Some. Just a little bit. Yeah. And so I like how Lisa then decides to play her sax outside the classroom for Mr. Bergstrom while he's listening from the window. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. The shot of Mr. Bergstrom looking at Lisa, did that not come from the second floor? And if so, how is Bart's... Uh, okay, so did Mr. Kerbopel go down to Mr. Bergstrom's classroom? Because obviously it was the yeah. floor below. Yeah, did Mr. Bergstrom... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, do Ms. or did Mr. Bergstrom go upstairs to Miss Kerbopel's room? No, nah, I have a feeling Miss Mrs. Kerbopel went downstairs. Okay, so why did the shot look like he was up on the second floor looking down at Lisa? Because we all know that Lisa's classroom is on the main level. Because when they look outside, the grass is right there. And Shh, creative choices. Shh. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Uh you know, why they, they decided to do that. Cause yeah, they established her classroom as on ground level. But here's the thing in uh Bart gets an F. I feel yep, like, he, I feel he's like he's on his, the first floor. Yeah. I feel yeah. like his is established on the first floor as well. That's true. So, so I'm going to go with um the animators just decided to do whatever they felt like. Or, or we, we could think of it like this. The classrooms in Springfield Elementary are sporadic. So English class is in one room, <laughs> math class is in a different room. And oddly enough, they change floors. The yeah. floors don't mean anything. So maybe uh-huh. the the last class that Mr. Bergstrom was substituting in was on the second floor. I can't get over that quote. Floors don't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Floor. Uh, the points are just like floors. They don't yes, mean anything. They don't matter. They don't matter. I love that. So after after we watched Mr. Bergstrom watching Lisa play her sax, we cut back to the Simpsons house where Lisa and Marge are doing laundry. And I do like the fact, I, I don't know why 
I, I pointed this out. I just thought it was kind of a funny little tidbit that Snowball 2 gets in the way of Marge doing laundry. Snowball uh, 2 yeah. looked smaller to me. Like, it looked more kitten-like. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was pretty playful and small because it fit on the washing machine. Like, the Snowball 2 fit on the washing machine. Now, to be fair, my cat has been seven pounds since he was two years old. So, he still looks fairly tiny from then. Yeah. Unless it was just an anim- animation gaff, maybe. I mean, I'm trying to think back to when uh, Santa's Little Helper and Snowball 2 were on uh, Homer's Groove. And he does a size reference, but I really can't think of that right now. But I just but, thought it was funny because, you know, cats are jerks. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I like how Lisa clearly has a crush on Mr. Bertram. So we finally find that out. And they just keep like Lisa's always like, yeah, but Mr. Bertram with this. And Marge is like, yeah, I get that same feeling from Homer. (laughs) I, I, I loved that conversation between the two of them because as, as a a female, I've definitely had this conversation with my mom when I've had my crushes, like, but mom, you don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so like, it seems so silly when you look back at that, like, me now 33 i'm like yes marge yes you tell her <laughs> but like watching this the first time i was like yes lisa tell your tell her she doesn't understand you know as yeah. as a male i don't think i ever had those kind of conversations with either of our parents no definitely definitely not i don't think i'd ever want to uh, as a no. guy as yeah. a guy i don't think i'd ever want to but it is it's just so funny to think about that you know, and, and obviously things are, and, and I just read about this the other day about season one and kind of season two, where the dysfunctionality between Marge and Homer and Marge in uh, the bowling episode, try almost has an affair. Homer almost has an affair. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of a uh, dynamic, but we do learn kind of through this, that Marge will always have that soft spot for homer yeah regardless of of his screw up so i i do think that kind of impact we'll kind of see going forward throughout the episodes where yeah we we know marge has this type of connection to homer even though he might screw up it'll it'll always be there so uh when marge and lisa walk into the kitchen there is clearly not a door i totally missed that (laughs) I, i yeah clearly i i did not even notice that okay so remember in what was it uh was it uh, babysitter bandit episode no it was where uh uh, selma gets the date with uh skinner principal charming so remember how they go into the kitchen and they shut the door to talk secretly yeah and remember there was a door yeah and we were gonna put a pin in it and come back to see if that door ever showed up again (laughs) (laughs) the door's not there (laughs) The door's not there. It gone. It gone. Uh, <laughs> yep. So obviously, so like I mentioned in that episode, I was like, you know what? They screwed in some hinges and made a door available to shut so they could talk privately in the kitchen without disturbing Homer in the other room. And they just took it off. And I remember, I told you on my, I told you on my, uh, <laughs> on my Simpsons Lego house, there was no door there either between the kitchen and the living room. You compared uh, it to your Lego house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Um, 
Oh, that's good. <laughs> we 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 use the Lego Simpsons house for a point of reference for a lot of stuff in the early <laughs> Because so here's the thing about the Simpsons house for all of our listeners listeners out there, it likes to change. <laughs> so we have to have a point of reference, and one of us actually has the house. So yes. Oh, that's. I wild. feel like. I feel like the Simpsons writers should have uh, obviously Lego, the Lego company just came out this house. I think it was like five, six years ago, but I feel like they should have just physically drawn the house somewhere and said, okay, guys, anytime you have a question on what the house looks like or needs to do, here's a picture of it. An architectural drawing of the <laughs> Simpson house yeah. for reference, but they failed. Yeah. So after, a- after that little diatribe of no door being there. So we cut back to the classroom where, where Lisa's with Mr. Bergstrom and he asks her if she gets help from her parents, specifically Homer. And she says no. And that makes her sad. Yes. So, so yeah, obviously Homer doesn't help with homework. And he's also he's ever... not that smart though. No, no but I, f- but I feel like Homer should be smart enough for uh, second grade. Have you met uh, Homer Simpson? <laughs> hey, he works for a nuclear power plant. He has to know something, right? Uh, him working <laughs> a nu- nuclear power plant? That's laughable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking about the work part or knowing how to run the place? Yes. so then yeah we head upstairs uh or downstairs wherever bart meets the candidates um and i like how bart interrupts martin to demand more asbestos and he's and he's like uh so bart leads the class in chanting uh more asbestos more asbestos more asbestos and not knowing what asbestos is at all because martin says we need less of it yeah which, or I'm going to go with none of it. Well, you don't want really any asbestos. Yeah. Asbestos is bad. Yes. Especially in a school. I feel like this school needs to be condemned if they have asbestos. Yes. 100%. But I feel like this is such a funny, like, talk about putting jokes in there that adults would appreciate. Because, like, again, re-watching this, I hadn't seen this episode in so long. Like, I knew it. And I the minute I wanted to... to host with you guys i was like this episode this episode <laughs> i forgot this detail and i was like this is so funny like the the chanting of more asbestos is just great like i feel like in the 90s though that that was the big movement to make oh, sure yeah. oh absolutely and, like lead free and like you know i feel like nowadays you don't really hear about the asbestos jokes but like mm-hmm. in then in the 90s the asbestos jokes are oh those are top notch <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we, so yeah, go ahead. So we uh we get a little spinny headline. Apparently the fourth grade has their own newspaper, the fourth gradian. Weird. Uh because normally in a school you have the school newspaper, not just for a specific <laughs> grade. Um, so there is the headline reads Bart to Martin, eat my shorts. Uh Simpsons Simpson wins debates. Now, if the fourth grade does have a paper, which it obviously does. I feel like Martin would be the editor, editor yeah, of the newspaper. So he edited that. <laughs> right? I feel like no one in that class would be editor of a, of a school paper, let alone the fourth grade paper, other than Martin. Yeah. It's ironic. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, so then, apparently, um, a doctor diagnosed Bart with hyperactivity, which Homer mistakes for personality, because 
Homer learns that Bart is actually possibly going to win, you know, a presidency of some kind in his yeah. school. And I do like that we kind of learn, okay, so Homer really has nothing in common with Lisa. Nope. But I honestly don't necessarily think he has anything in common with Bart per se, but I think it's that father son dynamic that he's like, Oh my God, my son, I can be proud of him for doing this. Yeah. So, so yeah. So now here's the thing. So as we, we later learn in a future episode, Bart has ADHD. However, this is where we actually learn he has it. Because that's what hyperactivity yep. is. It's ADHD. So why why did they announce that here and then just skip it for like 10 to 12 years? Because new writers. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the The new writers never went back to check the old work. Clearly. They never checked their work. That's why they that's why they got the answers wrong. Because okay. they didn't check their work. Okay. But that's what that's what I would go with. But I mean to be fair, though, Bart does have a winning personality or not necessarily a winning personality, but he has a personality that helps people drive. It's like a popular. I mean, they mentioned it's like a popularity contest. Yeah. Well, he's got charisma. Yes. And that's what that's what being class president is all about is uh, it's a popularity contest, except I do like in the way we was it wasn't necessarily a popularity contest because they voted for Artie Ziff to be the king of the prom as opposed to a jock which in most high schools jocks mm. are the popular crowd yep well they also voted march too and i don't really feel like she was all that popular i mean i think no. people knew who she was because of her protests but i that doesn't necessarily make you popular yeah beyond that i don't see see that and so we go back to the school and and they're campaigning again so we see a campaign sign for Martin. A vote for Bart is a vote for anarchy. And Bart has the same sign, but in the reverse way. A vote for uh, Martin is a vote for... or Yeah, a vote for it? Bart, it's a, a vote for Bart is Bart, a vote for anarchy. Vote for anarchy, yeah. It was the so same cool. sign, but he meant it in the fact that, oh, if you vote for me, I will bring anarchy. Yep. Uh, and then I do like how Homer helps Bart with the campaigning because he makes a sign that says, Sex! Now that we have your attention, vote for Bart, <laughs> which I don't think that's a very good fourth grade sign oh. or the fact that we mentioned earlier that you don't think that they've had a sex education yet. So who's Bart trying to get attention for? I totally remember. This is a joke that I remembered as a kid, though. Like, I remembered that See? like sex. Now that I have your attention, vote for Bart. And I had no idea what it meant. Like, as <laughs> that young but like that like really you know to me it was like this vulgar word this like big mm. word and then well now that i have your attention i just thought it was really funny back then and i <laughs> it just brought me right back to that yeah and the other thing is it, it's really weird that homer went with sex because i have actually seen signs like this like mostly in college i think but the headline is beer like oh yeah know, huge giant word beer now that I have your attention and Homer being slightly an alcoholic, <laughs> I would have to imagine that beer might've been a more Homer thing than sex. So maybe Bart came up with sex possible. And Bart did just watch a lot of, uh, you know, 
cats quote unquote rate hbo related uh cats giving uh, birth well with that i guess but i was talking to his time watching on uh stolen cable oh that's right yeah but do you so think he, he understood what was going on in that stolen cable probably not no. so yeah i'm i'm guessing it's well homer does have the paintbrush in his hand so yeah i'm gonna go with everything was all homer hey do you like cards against humanity i sure do well what if you could play Cards Against Humanity, Simpson style? That would be amazing. Well, now you can. Check out CardsAgainstTheSimpsons.com to buy your very own set of Simpsons Against Humanity. You know, I see a lot of podcasts give out discount codes. Is there a promo code I could use? There sure is. Use promo code SimpsonsPod. That's S-I-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-O-D to receive a 10% discount on Cards Against Humanity, The Simpsons Way. Ay, caramba! That's a good deal. But for all of our listeners out there, if you want a better deal, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to get a different promo code to save even more. That is correct. So, head over to Facebook, The Simpsons Did It page, Instagram, Simpsons Did It pod, and Twitter, Simpsons Did It PC to get that code. And as always, everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah. So now we cut back to the school and there's a crowd gathered outside and Bart comes out with a sign that says Martin Prince. Yes. Martin Prince with Martin's foot on a, uh, one of his feet on a stool. I'm assuming it's a Martin Prince poster because Bart tears it up and wipes his butt with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I could see Martin uh, having a sign literally that just says, Mm-hmm. you know himself but we we kind of realize that this is more of his downward trajectory too at this point it's it's kind of his just start of he's kind of on this downward trajectory where he either has to do something to win or he's just not gonna win yeah and so we head back to mr bergstrom's class and ralph is making a get well soon card for miss hoover and i love how it says dear hoover dear miss hoover you have Lyme disease. We miss you. Kevin's biting me. Please come back soon. At, Love, Ralph. And this is where in the beginning of the episode, I'm like, oh, well, Ralph actually asked a smart question. And then you get this. And I was wrong. They made Ralph dumb. You know what? You don't know what type of Lyme he was asking about. When he was saying, what's Lyme disease? He could have been thinking about the green fruit. That is true. <laughs> You're not wrong, but here he says you have Lyme disease. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Ralph because I also don't know. We also don't know how he spelt Lyme. We didn't actually see the card. We just heard him read it. No, he shows the card, but I don't think you see the word Lyme on it. It just says Uber on it and then some scribbles. My like, my other question, and I would love for you guys to put a pin in this is like, yes, he's stupid, but at some point he hits that like way stupid. You know what I mean? Like, like, this is like kind of innocent second grade, or I'm sorry, fourth grade kind of stupid. No, 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 you were right. This is second grade. Um, second grade kind of stupid, but like, at some point, Ralph hits this like. I'm I'm burning like stupid, <laughs> and yeah. I'm curious as to when that makes like the you know it makes a comeback. I yeah. almost wonder. I can't remember which episode it is, but I almost wonder if it's where Lisa was fe- uh, failing sports, 
and they invite uh you know he's like ralph wiggum me fail english that's impossible <laughs> and and i almost because i know that episode that's the hockey episode i and i know that's coming up here i can't remember if season three or four but that might be one of the first episodes where we get that stupidity of of ralph but Maybe. yes we will put it we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back yeah when the, um When's the Valentine episode? Is that season one when he's like, when he sends Lisa no. the card? No. no. No, that's like five or six at oh, that okay. point, I think. I feel that's like a that, little bit of ways. That was more like on the line of like a reasonable Ralph as well, though. Like I choo choo choose you. That's yeah. Only... Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, even though, even though he wasn't, you know, thinking he could get Lisa. Oh, he thought it. Well, I guess he thought he could get Lisa, which in of itself is kind of stupid for him. Yeah. Maybe. So then Mr. Bergstrom is talking about the uh, Springfield Museum closing due to lack of interest, <laughs> which I like going to museums, or at least I used to. I don't know if I would still like going, but I, I enjoyed it as as a younger person uh, just because you know, I kind of like some history stuff. But I, I feel like the the citizens of Springfield would not be interested in going to a museum except for like lisa and martin yeah i mean you have to imagine though there has to be more than just lisa and martin of the smart kids in the school i mean we don't know who's in first grade third grade and fifth grade grade. so but we do know i wonder if this is the same museum that had the david uh springfield no because wasn't that the springfield history museum no no this Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know what museum. I guess Springfield has multiple museums. Maybe. I guess that's the, that's what I, an art museum and a history museum. Man, Springfield's bigger than I thought. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about like Boston and yeah, we have like the Boston Museum of Fine Arts and then there's the Boston Museum of Science. So like that's plausible that there could be more than one museum. Yep. And this one's just going to close because no one's obviously going to it. Yeah. But it has a food court, so <laughs> you figure more people would be like, well, if there's food, I might as well go. So this is the first episode that features an overt antagonism between Homer and his brain. <laughs> oh, uh, so March tries to get Homer to go to go with Lisa to the museum. But Homer says, after thinking of uh, a different excuse that excludes watching TV, sleeping and eating a big sandwich that he has to spend time with Bart. And so Marge is worried about Homer and Lisa's relationship. And Bart, you know, I like how Bart comes in and agrees, although sarcastically. And Homer tells Bart to shut up, presumably because he doesn't want to actually go to the museum. Yep. Uh, I did love that. That that whole exchange where, you know, and, and it's true. I mean, you see Lisa developing this crush on Mr. Bergstrom. And, you know, Homer clearly doesn't want to go to a museum and therefore he doesn't really want to spend time with his daughter, which he should be spending time with her. Uh, and then you also have Bart, you know, going along with it. Yeah. Your, your relationship sucks. You don't need to spend time with me, but yeah, we're fine. We're doing great. But obviously we know Homer isn't, you know, he's not smart and he probably his interests don't include going to a museum. His interests no. include drinking, sleeping, and watching a TV. 
Now, I know you guys are The Simpsons Did It. Do you know, do either one of you two know if this was the first time in cartoon history ever that there was this antagonism between self and brain? Oh, like, I would have me too. I would have to think so. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any well, cartoons in the 80s. The only cartoon I could think of that would have probably have done it is Looney Tunes. Yes. That's, yeah, that's why I was thinking Looney Tunes. I was thinking like Daffy when he's like it's rabbit season, ducks, and then he eventually is arguing with himself. Like, but the it, does that count? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think they ever flash at his brain. Now, I think they've had thought bubbles, right, of things in the brain in the past. Yeah, but I don't necessarily know if that was technically arguing with your with your own brain because like we like we know that like animaniacs did that but they were 90s and by that point yes. simpsons had already done it <laughs> yeah. so yeah you might be right that this this was uh simpsons did a moment yeah. starting a trend of talking to your brain <laughs> which homer does quite a bit yes yeah and so uh march pleads with homer and homer says he can't he can't and thinks you're trapped if you were smarter you might think of something but you're not so not so as might as and Homer interrupts his own thinking and agrees to go. And he then and he, he blames his brain. Then he blames his brain, which is his brain. So, yeah, he's basically blaming himself for not being able to be smarter. So we cut we cut to the museum and Homer and Lisa are there <laughs> and Homer is like, so how much is it? And the the lady is like oh you just have to donate and uh homer goes what do you mean by suggested donation <laughs> this whole dialogue is just so cringy yeah yeah now to be fair our one of our zoos in minnesota is basically do- it's free but they you know want you to donate i don't think i've ever donated I feel like either enough people have already donated or our city, the city of St. Paul is good enough. I mean, they are a fantastic city when it comes to our zoo that they've put enough money from either taxpayers or from wherever into the zoo. Cause they're always doing upgrades and rebuilding. I'm like, you know what? I don't feel the need to donate. I, I, you guys are getting upgrades. You guys have the animals. Everything seems to be going extraordinarily well. Yeah. I'm just going to walk on in. Can we I, make more things suggested donation then? I don't know if there's necessarily a suggest. Oh, I think there is. I think it's like a $5 suggested donation. No, I mean like, um, like college education. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, can I just get my, I, I won't pay for my education, but if you want to suggest how much money I'll pay, I still won't pay it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I wish life was like that. You just walk into a restaurant. You know, your hamburger feels like $5. Now, here's, now that's an interesting uh, topic to bring up because there are actually restaurants, I believe in the United States, I'd have to look this up again, where they don't necessarily put a price on their menu. They tell their customers to pay what they feel like they should owe. I don't necessarily know if they're still around because I don't know if they made any money doing it. However, the experience, from what I've heard, the experience for customers were better because they didn't necessarily have to wor- worry about how much they're going to pay because they just pick what they're going to pay. Now, is that a good business model? Probably not. <laughs> it's like tipping, you know, I, some people just don't tip because they're like, I don't need to tip, which is 
really crazy because waiters and waitresses and bartenders live on tips. Yeah, in the United States. But in Europe, they get paid the correct wage and tipping is frowned upon in countries like Italy. That is true. So... There is that. But we'll get back on topic about the donation. So Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bergersham shows up and is about to donate. Homer tells him, wait, wait, wait. You don't have to donate. It's just a suggestion. Oh, my God. And uh, that is the first of a few instances where Homer embarrasses Lisa at yes. the museum. So now as the story progresses through the museum, I really... I, This is like one of the things that stood out most to me in this episode. So the first room they go to Homer and Lisa are holding hands and then they get to the Egyptian exhibit and both Lisa is holding hands with both Homer and Bergstrom. And when they, when they leave uh, Bergstrom and Lisa walk off together and then that's where it hits Homer that, you know, things are not good between him and Lisa. And it's, I I wonder if they did this on purpose to kind of show that, oh yeah, Lisa and Homer had this relationship. Lisa found this other kind of father figure and now she's kind of abandoning Homer for this other father figure. Yeah. It's, it's kind of sad to see almost like you, you think as a father, you would have some sort of attachment to your, to your kid. Yeah. And I mean, with my kid, I mean, I, I want to do everything with them, regardless of how stupid it might be or or amazing it might be. Like, I want to be there for everything. And obviously, as he gets older, he'll have his own interests. And that's kind of, I think, the trick that Homer doesn't necessarily realize. I, I, I'm guessing when Lisa was younger, they might have went to a baseball game or two. Or they went to, you know, things that Homer enjoyed. And now that Lisa has her own interests, it's he's doesn't know how to connect as good as he might have been able to when she was younger. Yeah, I really liked this detail, and I honestly didn't notice it until I saw it. Your note, Robert, and I thought it was very well perceived. To be mm. honest, like I thought that that was perfect, and I think that that was a purposeful um, inclusion. Uh, I do like. So when they're in the uh, Egyptian exhibit, Mr. Bergstrom is explaining mummification to Homer and Lisa and Homer exclaims, oh, well, it's better than being chased by the wolf man, which, I mean, okay, taking just that line, it's hilarious because you're already dead when you're being, well, I guess there were some. You're not. You're not there. I mean, some mummifications happen when they were already dead, right? Or am I wrong? Yep. And some, no, some were alive too. But yeah, Homer's like, ooh, pretty creepy. Still, <laughs> I'd rather have him chasing me than the wolf, man. And, and at this point, and this is the point where Homer lets go of Lisa's hand. And then we see Bergstrom and Lisa walk off together. And again, it's, it, they did a wonderful job of making it subtle enough but also it's kind of this huge thing where, all right, Homer's losing his graphs on his daughter. Yep. And so then we get welcome to the childarium, which <laughs> uh, I'm assuming is the name of the food court. No, no, no. It's that... where Lisa was. It's like for like the children. Oh, little. Oh, is that the little kid area? Yeah. I don't oh, okay. think. I first... thought, cause I, 
Well, they were eating, so they were eating at the table, yeah. and then the sign was above their head, so I think I just assumed that that was, like, the no, name the, of the eatery area. No, I don't think the food court had a, uh, had a name. I think the child oh. area was just the place where all the kids, because they had the little electricity ball, and, like, yeah. all kids like that. What are you saying? I can't like that? I mean, you can't. say grown men can't like the electricity. I still love the electricity ball. It I works great with my hair. Sort of. I guess my hair looks like an electricity ball already hit it. Yeah. Permanently. So, um, but yeah, so Bergstrom and Homer are sitting down eating lunch and uh, Bergstrom brings up that Lisa doesn't seem to have a great father figure. And Homer agrees. And this is, this is the, basically the last straw. This is kind of the last moment where Homer embarrasses Lisa pretty much for the last time. And Homer acts as though he convinced Mr. Bergstrom to give Lisa an A. And Mr. Bergstrom says she really earned it. And it was almost like, okay, Lisa has a crush on you. Give her, give her favoritism. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's kind of this bond between. And the funny thing is I can obviously see that Homer sees that Homer sees the bond between the two. And he's like, Oh, because you guys are so close, just give my daughter an A. And he's like, well, she's earning it. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't need to just give it to her. Yeah, I thought and, that was really, that was bad on him. Yeah. Him being Homer, sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then Lisa, you know, Lisa yells at Homer and runs off. And then we cut to the Simpsons house and Lisa's complaining to, to Marge about Homer ruining her chance to get to know her substitute teacher. So she decides to ask Marge if Mr. Bergstrom can come over for dinner and Marge agrees. And I, I was originally going to write down all of the questions she asked. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's a lot of questions. However, Steve decided to take the time to write all the questions down. So normally I do that, but I'm like, man, there's just so much. And it goes by so fast. I'm like, I'm just gonna be like, no, she just you know asked all these questions and Marge was like, yes, no, yes, no. Um, oh, I'm but I but but I like pausing the pause my the pause and rewind button on my remote is gonna be worn off oh, by the time yeah. we hit season two or three. But uh but yeah, she's like, Can I get my ears pierced? No. Can I dye my dye my shoes pink? Yes. Can I have wine? No. Yeah. Does Bart have to be there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was that it was that it wasn't just the straight up yes answer, it was like Yes, like, like you she know. doesn't want him to be there, but he's got to be there. Yep. No, that was. I mean, that's just classic eight-year-old anyone. Like any eight-year-old kid, just you know, asking multiple questions of her parents for like anything, mm-hmm. just speaks childhood. And and that's kind of a cool thing about this show is even though we're on season 32 and obviously the season, kids are still oh. I was like season kids, 32 we're only on season no, 2 <laughs> I, I was making a reference I know <laughs> so so even though they're on season 32 now there you go this current year they're still kids but I love how early on how they and and it, it hasn't really changed much is they're, they're kids they're acting like kids yeah and I, I i'm glad that hasn't changed because i feel like even though they don't age mm-hmm. there's the writing style and just so so it could change it to be to make them more i would say adult mm-hmm. as the show went on but it's really cool to see early on like this that they are treating them like kids they ask you know questions 
albeit maybe stupid questions, and they repeat themselves. Like, can we go to Mount Splashmore? Can we get a pool? Or dad? are we there? Can we get a pool, Dad? Can we get a pool, Dad? <laughs> can we get a pool, Dad? <laughs> so That's I was, one, you know, it's funny you bring up the fact that they're still kids. I, for the life of me, I cannot remember what cartoon I was just watching, but they compared themselves to The Simpsons. But they grow up and the Simpsons don't. Oh, I was watching Big Mouth. Oh, we were talking. I don't uh, watch that show. It's a great show. Um, for for any of our listeners that are out there, great cartoon on Netflix. Um, uh, but they're talk on that show. They talk about the Simpsons and how the Simpsons are still in the same grade and they're the same age. And in Big Mouth, the kids on the show grow up. So I, you know, you bring that up and I, I was just watching it the other day. I laughed about it because they're not the only show that have brought up the fact that the Simpsons are the same age. And I'm pretty sure even in the Simpsons, they reference the fact that they've never grown up. Yeah. Now, I think I deleted it earlier, earlier on, or we forgot to mention it. No, it looks like I deleted it from the thing. I wrote that there's a calendar inside Bart's classroom and inside oh. Lisa's ca- classroom that said it was April. No, we skipped over that. Did we? Okay. Yeah. So I did write it. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, so it makes it seem like the cl- school year is at the end of the school year. Correct. And so I don't know if the writers necessarily thought, well, maybe we are going to age these kids or season three, Lisa goes up to, you know, third grade and Bart goes up to fifth grade. You know what I mean? At yeah. that time, they probably didn't necessarily know. Yeah. But I liked I it was so weird to see that the calendar said April. So you're like, oh, okay, so it's at the end of the school year. So and I don't know if anyone aside from hardcore fans might have noticed something like a small detail like that. But then I wonder how many people when you got to season three were like, wait, why aren't why isn't Lisa in the third grade? Now, Why isn't Bart in the fifth grade? Now, to counteract that, don't forget, and Bart gets an F, that seemed to be like the end of the school year as well. But then it snowed, so we know it's not uh, <laughs> April no, no, no. or May. He, no, no, he asked, for a, he asked for a blizzard so he could pass his, his <laughs> final exam. And even, even by, and here in Wisconsin, and I believe in Minnesota, and I don't know about New Hampshire. I mean, you guys are far enough north, maybe, where we get snow in April and May. And I believe the farthest recording of snow, at least here in Wisconsin, is like the first couple of days of June. Granted, it wasn't a lot. It obviously didn't stick around. But we do get snow here in the upper Midwest in May and early parts of June. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I guess that is a good point, too. So if Bart gets an F is at the end of the school year and Lisa's substitute is apparently at the end of the school year. But then we also get the whole the stealing cable episode where obviously time has physically passed. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe maybe it is, I I mean, for a better word, the next year. But apparently they haven't moved on from that. Or maybe they're just in a time loop where yeah. like every year is the same year, but different things happen. It's like the multiverse theory. 
Good God. I really hope that I really hope that January 1st of next year is not 2020 all over again. (laughs) All of a sudden, all of a sudden. So this is the Simpsons did it for 2020. All of a sudden we loop over the next year and it's just 2020 all over again. God, I hope never, we never, we never age anymore. We're all, it's just the same year over and over again. What is this Groundhog's Day? Nope. Nope. I think we can all, I think if, if there's one thing we can all agree on, 2020 can get over already. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think right. by the time this episode airs, uh, we will be in 2021. Woo! That is correct. So yes. uh, let me reiterate. I think we can all agree that 2020 <laughs> sucked. <laughs> yes. Um, so now we cut outside to the uh, outside of Miss Hoover's classroom where Lisa is practicing asking Mr. Bergstrom over for dinner. And I believe this is, I think this, I, I you wrote that this might be the first time she's had a bow or anything in her hair. I, yeah. Didn't she wear a baseball hat or like something in another episode or is that different? Maybe. I don't think she ever wore anything to a baseball game. Maybe the only other thing instance I could think of was maybe church but I don't think she dialed up her hair. Like she wore a different outfit. She wasn't in her red dress, but I don't necessarily think she had anything in her hair. So I think she just wanted to look pretty. And Oh my God. She looked so cute. I love (laughs) her. Like when they change the appearance of our, the the characters just by a little bit, like when you see, like when it cuts back and you see like baby Bart and like baby. Oh, oh, it just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And so I do love how I was like, Mr. Bergstrom, would you like to? No. <laughs> we would like your company at? No. no. <laughs> like, I guess as an eight-year-old and you have a crush on a teacher, I guess you just yeah. don't know how you want to ask the question. I mean, to be fair, if you're an adult or even a high schooler and you have a crush on somebody else, you might be nervous about asking them out. Yeah. And so Lisa finally opens the door. We see Miss Hoover back and we learn that she didn't have Lyme disease. She was like, you see class, my Lyme disease turned out to be psychosomatic. And here goes Ralph. Does that mean you were crazy? And then Janie's like, no, that means she was faking it. And Miss Hoover's like, no, actually it's a little bit of both. Sometimes <laughs> when a disease is in all the magazines and all the news shows, it's only natural. You think you have it. Mm-hmm. Now I can so relate to this in 2020. Yes. There have been, there have been so many times where I will cough, I will have a sore throat, I will just think, oh my God, do I have it? Like oh this is this is so real. And it's it's funny. I don't think I don't know if people had the same react in nineties, yeah, Lyme disease was huge, but I don't know if H1N1 people had this reaction or swine flu anyone had this re- like this reaction. But I'll tell you this. There have been so many times this year where it's like, do I get tested? Do I have it? Yeah. Nope. I've just been podcasting for almost two hours and my throat is sore. Yeah. <laughs> like, like seriously, it's it to to almost relate to Miss Hoover for this time frame, man, it is I could see almost anyone being like at work. Like a good example is work. You're not supposed to go into work if you have symptoms. And I can imagine a lot of people might just wake up in the morning just Oh my God, Emma, do I have a fever? Do I have a sore throat? Is my nose running? Do I have the flu? And just call in sick. Let me tell you, as someone who has 
struggled with COVID in the last three weeks, you would know. <laughs> oh, okay. You would know, like, it's undeniable, like, the the sense of how different this is than a flu. And, like, I, in the past three years, I've had flu, pneumonia, and COVID. So... Oh, <laughs> I'm ready for 2020 to be over. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get this. I get this. I mean, I get what she's going through. Cause I mean, I've had strep throat a couple times and every once in a while, like I'll have like a throat issue. I'm like, Oh my God, am I getting strep throat? Or uh, I had a hernia about 12 years ago. And every once in a while where I had the surgery, it'll act up. I'm like, Oh my God, I relapsed into a hernia, but it's just, just in your in your mind and so it is it is something that i think is definitely relatable for uh, maybe in the 90s it was i guess i really can't think of it but i know lyme disease being in the boy scouts i guess is probably the best example is we were always talked about when we were going camping be careful of ticks Mm -hmm. check for ticks and obviously growing up in wisconsin and i mean i didn't grow up in minnesota but my guess would be is because it's kind of a wilderness area of woods be wary of of ticks. I've actually had a tick on me once uh, when I was at summer camp and it freaked me out so much. Not because of Lyme disease, because I was not expecting a tick on me. And <laughs> let me tell you, that is because sc- then like after I realized I had the tick on me and I got it off, I'm like, oh, I could I got Lyme disease. Like I, I was freaked out for the like the rest of the day. So I like how uh, Miss Hoover walks in after explaining her her diagnosis, mm-hmm. and she's like, "He didn't even touch my lesson plan. What did he teach you?" And Lisa's like, "That life is worth living," and then bolts out of the classroom. Then just leaves. Uh, she's like, "Obviously, you have nothing to teach me." So screw you. I'm getting, I'm getting out of here. So after she leaves, we cut back to. Uh, Bart's class and we see a sickly looking Martin most likely because you know he knows Bart is going to win and so uh, Mrs. Kermopel's like all right any last words and Bart declares victory and says there's a victory party under the slide outside and so all the kids leave I mean would you would you just to be like yep I'm gonna win yeah. I know I'm going to win. And also in this scene, Mrs. Krabappel is like, now remember, voting t- takes place right now and ends at the end of recess. So, yep. And I love how Bart walks around. Thanks for voting. I, and Nelson's like, voting's for chumps. Oh, you just got and ahead of ourselves, by the way. Did I? Yeah, you did. So Maybe by a couple. Yeah. So uh, then Lisa finds out where Mr. Bergstrom lives. Oh. And uh, on Mr. Bergstrom's apartment, there are two names. Uh, Jay Vitti or Vitti, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name, and uh, Jay Camerman. Uh, Jay Vitti is for John Vitti, Vitti, uh, who is the episode's writer, and Jay Camerman is for the then animator of this episode, Jen Camerman. So, as we've seen in the past, The Simpsons really like to put writers and producers and directors their names into the show as characters. Well, not really characters, but you know, names as an homage to them, which I always like seeing that pay their respects. Yeah. And so, yep. So Lisa uh, finds out where Mr. Bergstrom is. I guess he's, I guess that we're not at the train platform yet. No, 
You keep getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> I know. Uh, so the apartment building they're at that he lives in is called the Happy Gypsy. You pay by the day, which I don't know of any apartment building anywhere that lets you pay by the day. That is called a motel. Yep. Yeah. But maybe it's for substitute teachers only because you never know where you're going to be next. But I also don't know many substitute teachers that travel from city to city. That's not no. a they mostly They mostly teach from school to school within a city. That's the yes. But also to this day, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen Springfield Middle School or Springfield High School. False. We've seen, we've seen, we've seen other schools. We've no, seen no. other schools. No, we saw Springfield High School in the way we was. Well, true, but I'm talking about in the future. It existed at one point. It still exists. I don't know. Maybe they demolished it. No one makes it past the fifth grade in Springfield. Can I Can I add, was anyone, were either one of you guys a little like, what's happening with the conversation that Lisa had with the woman in oh the when she's like so i i see he's touched you too and they have this moment of yeah. Yeah, and i was like oh yeah that, yeah i i think that reference to the older lady was not the way that mr berkstrom had touched lisa in her heart no where uh where mr berkstrom probably touched this lady uh physically let's say i don't know mr berkstrom seems like a stand-up gentleman I don't know. I want to know. I want to know that backstory. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I, uh, I, I get you there. Um, he just, saw, he just was strumming his guitar in the next room and singing the soft lullabies to her through the wall. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> so now this is where we get to Bart's victory party on the playground. And Bart goes up to Nelson and he's like, Oh, thanks for voting for me. And Nelson's like, I didn't vote. Voting is for chumps. And then, he goes to Sherry and Terry and they go, oh, we forgot. And so did Milhouse and so did Lewis and so did Bart. So nobody actually voted for Bart. Yep. And only uh, two people voted. Mm. And I like, and so obviously we're not going to get, we, we know we've said this in the past. We're not going to get political on, on this yep. podcast, but I, I do like how Bart demands a <laughs> recount. Oh, two yes. votes. Yes. Like, like the baby in the room needs to demand a recount. And I'm assuming the two kids who voted were Martin and Wendell. Well, yes, because there were only two votes and yeah. they were both standing next to each other cheering. But I like how Kerbapa was like, one for Martin, two for Martin. Would you so like angry. me to recount again? <laughs> <laughs> now, and this, and this scene also reminds me of the Futurama episode where they talk about voting. And, you know, towards the end of the episode, Leo is like, Oh, nobody's ever by, or at the beginning, oh, oh no, uh, I'm sorry. Fry was like, oh, nobody's ever by just one, by just one vote. And by the end of the episode, none of them voted. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, we that, know Matt Groening has a, uh, has a th common theme. Yes. Or I guess the writers would have the common theme. Cause yeah. I don't know how much writing Matt Groening actually does. I don't think he does a day. lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I do like how the uh, there's a historic moment in mm -hmm. Simpsons. So when Martin wins the election, he poses with a prematurely printed copy of the fourth guardian whose headline reads Simpson defeats Prince parodying the famous photograph of Dewey beating Truman. Mm -hmm. Well, Truman defeat Dewey, the headline on the newspaper. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, that's a great reference. I absolutely love that reference. I'm not a huge it's, history buff, but any any kind of like historically significant reference like that, yeah, I like it. It's a good yeah. reference. So uh, Lisa stops Mr. Bergstrom at the train station because uh, she needs him. Mm-hmm. And I love how Mr. Ber- Bergen's comment, that's the problem with being uh, middle class. Anybody who really cares will abandon you for those who need it more. Oh, it's mm. such a good quote. Yeah. It stings a little bit. Yep. <laughs> stings a little bit. Stings a lot. Yeah. So then, you know, Mr. Bergstrom's like, well, whenever you feel sad, read this note. And so he hands Lisa a note to help her through any tough times. And it says, you are Lisa Simpson. And uh, the guy who I believe animated this or not the animator the writer uh tweeted out about this specific scene apparently there was supposed to be an exclamation point at the end of the note and Vinny said in a tweet that that scene still haunts him to this day i don't know that that needs an explanation point i thought it was sweet as is yeah Uh, apparently he wanted an exclamation (laughs) point well, it's supposed to be like, you are Lisa Simpson, like, rah, rah, rah kind of thing. Like, yes, go get him. And not, you know, you are Lisa Simpson, which I, I guess it still has the same total whatever to it. But I do like, I, I love the fact that he's like, yeah, that we screwed that up. There's supposed to be an exclamation point on there. And I hate myself every day that it's not there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it's, a, I mean, it's a phenomenal, exclamation point or not. I mean, every kid that either watches it or has a figure in their life should always say this to them. I mean, yeah. you're who you are. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody else change you. And it, it obviously there's there's a couple future episodes, which I'll leave you hanging for later, where Lisa <laughs> does change her yes. lifestyle. Correct. And tries to be someone different Mm -hmm. so it's almost like this almost fell by the wayside a few times in her life like she just didn't think she could cut it as herself but or they forgot about it because of new writers, or they or they (laughs) forgot about it because it's new writers (laughs) but i kind of wish you know now you know just re-watching this episode and how amazing it is it's almost like some of the some of the aspects of this episode i wish they would have kind of kept in continuity but like i said once you go 32 seasons you're bound to either drop things off or change things or forget them altogether. yeah so after that we cut back to the simpsons house and they're eating dinner and they are eating purple goop i i don't i i saw that too and i was like what are you what are you eating eggplant jello jello they're (laughs) eating jello for dinner dude i'd eat jello for dinner 100%. What is, I mean, yes, but do they make purple jello? That would be called grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder what the animators were like, or maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, Christy, you said eggplant. I guess that's fair. If they ha- let leave like the skin on ground up eggplant. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Does your wife eat ground up eggplant, Steve? No, okay. I don't think so. Okay. No, I don't know. It's just really. Just another animating choice that 
it's so weird because it's not like the Simpsons don't put real food yeah. in their animation. So it's And I feel like this is the first instance where we've watched them eat a dinner, but we couldn't really tell what the food was they were eating. Yeah. I it just seems so weird. Just a weird animation choice. Yeah. Uh so Homer decries the fact that Bart didn't uh get one vote's the worst thing to ever happen to them. And then he and starts then starts spilling over spill crying over spilt milk. Well, he starts chanting uh spilt milk, spilt milk, because don't cry over spilt milk. Don't yeah. don't cry that Bart didn't win. Which he's I mean, it's weird for him to go, oh, God, this is the worst thing that it's ever happened to us. But then, okay, spilt milk, spilt milk, spilt milk. Like, don't cry over this. Like, Yeah, just seems weird. I mean, Homer was upset. Yeah. To be fair, you want your son to, you know. Mm -hmm. And then and then obviously Lisa's upset and, you know, Homer's trying to, you know, ask her what's wrong. And, you know. He's like, hey, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand. Oh, Homer, no. Not a good choice of words. No. It's a great quote, quote, don't get me wrong, but God, it's so bad. Yeah. Homer just needs to think before he talks. And then Lisa obviously gets upset. And to Homer, she's like, yes. Or says, you're a baboon. Baboon, baboon, baboon. And Homer's like, I don't think you realize what you're saying. And Bart's like, well, well, somebody was bound to say it one day. I just can't believe it was her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Bart has called Homer a quidgybo. So what's a quidgybo? <laughs> <laughs> Go back to uh, Call of the Simpsons and yeah. find out. Um, uh, so and then Homer's like, did you hear that, Marge? She called me a baboon. The stupidest, ugliest, smelliest ape of them all. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't know if I would or ever call my dad or anyone in my family a name like um, that. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> all that. Uh, excuse no. me? <laughs> no, no, I can't think of a single time. Uh-huh. I love my family. <laughs> yeah, you've never called me names. Nope, not once. Uh-huh, sure. All yeah. right. <laughs> what about you, Chrissy? Do you uh do would you would you call your uh father a baboon? Oh no, no no no. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. But, but I mean, I I guess we've all been there. We've all been upset at our parents enough where we've stormed out of the room or, you know, ignored them or you know, wanted to say something like that but didn't have the guts to do it a hundred percent but i also love marge here because i feel like in the 90s we didn't get enough of this i feel like the wife you know when you look at shows like married with children um or i think it's married with kids right with uh and then you know you get married with children i was right yes um you know you kind of get like the you know uh subservient more like sidekick and i liked Mm -hmm. marge here because she was like you know you go and you like she stuck up to lisa yep and that and that's perfect like we do see and that's kind of the funny thing where where marge does choose where to put in her two cents because last episode with brush of greatness she completely said nope i am not getting involved with can we go to mount Splashmore?" yeah like she like you look at her through that entire sequence she's like i'm ignoring this garbage this is stupid mm. i don't want to pay attention but 
obviously this is a very different situation. And she's like, you know what? I'm stepping in. Mm. I need to say something about the only TV show. I mean, there's a couple TV shows in the nineties where I, I definitely could see the female authority figure in the house doing this home improvement was one uh, that's, I mean, that's what made the show so great was Patricia uh, Richardson. She was phenomenal and family matters, family matters too. I mean, but as you said, Christy, you don't really get this in the nineties with, you know, the moms sticking up for their, their daughters or even sons uh, to the husbands a whole lot. Right. Again, I, I mean, I could only think of two shows where, oh, yeah, there's strong female, le- uh, you know, female characters. I would say would I would that. add um, maybe Patricia Heaton in um, Raymond. Oh, I yeah. Like, oh, I feel like that was late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. though, right? Was yeah. that? Still- yeah, yeah. yeah, it was late 90s, but still, I, it definitely fits that mold. Yeah. So we cut to Lisa's room and... Uh, She's crying, but we also, I, I, I guess Lisa would probably have this poster, but she has a poster in her room that says end apartheid now. Uh, and she's yeah. smart. So I'm assuming she knows what apartheid is, but it's just, I don't know, kind of a weird poster, but I guess she loves people. So she'd probably <laughs> have that in her room. It seems weird, especially since her other posters are like bleeding Gums Murphy and you know, a few other, I think just over the course we've seen, you know, I don't know if she's ever had any crusty related things. Nothing. Even though she's, I mean, even though she's technically a fan of it, I guess I, I guess I'd never seen anything like that in her room. Mm-hmm. So just seems, I mean, not necessarily out of place for her, but for an eight year old. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So then Homer comes in and takes a seat on Lisa's dollhouse and crushes it. <laughs> I mean, who does that? She has a bed in the room. Well, he is a baboon. Okay. He Uh, just likes sitting on random objects. Yeah. And I like how Lisa has a really nice two-story giant dollhouse in her room. A huge dollhouse. Yeah. For all our Malibu Stacys that we don't know (laughs) exist yet. No. Uh, So then Homer laments that he, uh, or Homer says he has never lost anyone special because everyone special lives in the same house. Which, yeah. which, you know, I mean, to be fair, I mean, everyone's, I mean, I guess Homer hasn't lost his dad yet. He technically, I guess, can't say he lost his mom. Yeah. So, I mean, to be on Homer's side, I mean, really, he hasn't lost anyone. anyone. He, he obviously, obviously he didn't care about Snowball 1, so <laughs> <laughs> who got run over by the Chrysler. So that doesn't count. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, Homer, you know, saying, hey, you know what? I guess I don't really understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, but now I now I now I kind of get it and I want to be here with you. And so Homer and Lisa make up and Homer is like Homer is good at uh at monkey work because he wants to fix his uh the dollhouse. Dollhouse. I thought that was pretty funny. Like yeah. just kind of joking around that she said he's a baboon and yeah. you know, kind of play play on words. And then he gives her does it does he give her a piggyback ride in this one? Uh not really. Or I mean he like picks her up a picks little. Picks her up, yeah. yeah. So then we cut to Bart throwing a tennis ball against his wall and he's upset he lost to Martin and Homer's like, Well, do you have to do more work? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get special treatment? No. Well, then what are you crying about? And Bart's like, you know what? You're right. And Homer, you know, Homer's right. 
you know, if you're class president, you got to put in more work. And knowing Bert, he probably wouldn't want to do that anyways. Yeah. Or would have had uh, French fries as uh, all the meals during lunch. They also would have had more asbestos. And more asbestos. <laughs> so finally, he winds up in Maggie's room and her pacifier falls out while sleeping and she starts crying. Homer goes in, picks it up and puts it back in her mouth, which, hey, yeah, I mean... That's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And then he goes down. Simple. The, yeah. Then he goes down the kitchen and Marge is just about to talk to him. And he goes, uh, he, he shushes her and he's like, I'm three <laughs> for three. I'm on the roll of my life. Biggest roll of his life. Yep. And we cut to credits. I miss this Homer. Yeah. He doesn't really do it too often. No, it's the. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, the, the, the character driven Homer with heart, you don't see in later seasons. Um, I've said this before on the podcast. I haven't seen the last few seasons. I'm just waiting until we get there with the podcast, but you know, you know, even through, I've seen up through like season 27, 28. And from what I can remember in those episodes, there's not a whole lot of episodes that show Homer as this caring loving nurturing father who cares about his family yeah it's kind of weird but i think it's i mean we'll get to it as we go through all the episodes but i mean i'm sure there's some subtlety to a few of them like i mean a good example is like when homer finally gets lisa the pony (laughs) i mean it's i mean to be fair i mean yeah it might have been a stupid idea and homer was just trying to be in the favor of his daughter but I mean, there is something to say about him actually trying, yeah, to, to you know, be on the same page with you know his family. So now we've come to the portion of our podcast where we give our final thoughts and grades. And Christy, as you know, because you've listened to our podcast a lot, um, but just to reiterate out there, uh, we'll give our final thoughts and then we will uh, grade this episode on a scale of one is dough, two is eat my shorts. Three is don't have a cow man. Four is mm, sprinkles and five. Everything coming up millhouse. And Christy, since you are a guest, why don't you go first? Oh my gosh. This is a definite. Everything's coming up millhouse. This is a five for me. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, this, this has been, I mean, as I was talking off, off mic and man, I was, I, when I watched this episode, I'm like, holy crap. I forgot how amazing this episode is. It's one of the first, I think the first really Lisa centric episodes. And it just shows her growth, her kind of her maturity. Um, It shows that she can be vulnerable to, I guess, crushes, Mm -hmm. albeit a, a teacher. It's, it's just amazing to see just the way the writers wrote her in and just all of her scenes. I do like, I know that obviously Mr. Bergstrom's only a, you know, a cameo, but man, it would have just been awesome to even have him in one more episode. Like, Oh, he makes a comeback and Mm -hmm. you know, Lisa's, you know, not maybe not all over again, but she kind of, it could be a whole episode. Like, Oh my God, he came back and you know, Miss Hoover has uh, COVID and, God. <laughs> and and Mr. Bergstrom comes back and and is teaching the class. Like, uh, that would be really funny. Ooh, I that would be I would a, that. What's that? I would watch that. I yeah. know, right? That would be. I mean, it's a way 
to write in current events into the Simpsons. And oh, it's like, I would call it a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> we rebooted the Lisa Substitute episode where instead of Lyme disease, Miss Hoover has COVID. And Mr. Bergstrom came back from Capital City to, to mm. substitute for Lisa. So I, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to go with a five, everything's coming up, Millhouse. But my one gripe about this episode is... That lack of chalkboard gag? No. Well, that. No. Okay. Uh, but my, my <laughs> one big gripe is the flow of the episode where it's like they, you know, it starts with the pan up to Bart's room classroom because he screams. That's fine. But throughout the episode, you get like a 20 second clip here and then a 20 second clip. Like it to me, the episode didn't necessarily flow the greatest. Everything in it was fantastic the gags are fantastic the story is fantastic it just to me the overall flow seemed a little choppy i think they could have done a little bit better job of getting it to flow better with the a story of lisa crushing on mr bergstrom and the b story of bart running for class president however again fantastic episode it's a five. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Um, actually, can I change it to a 4.8? Just because. Of the- <laughs> well, you know what we need? Yeah. You know what we need to get you? We need to get you commercials again, because I think yeah. your flow is lack of commercials. I, it might be. It, it it might be. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe with commercials, it would make it better. I could just pause or maybe like <laughs> maybe I could just pause it for like 20 seconds where I know there would have been a commercial break because usually you can tell because they'll fade to black. But it, it's possible without watching it or watching it without commercials kind of ru- like some of the episodes. It kind of ruins that flow. Yeah, it does. So um. Disney Plus, um, if you're listening, we're <laughs> Disney. Uh, could you do me a favor and throw like a 15 second ad in there for, I don't care if it's for Disney plus or a Disney movie. Just No, it needs to be a nineties commercial. It needs to be like a Taco Bell commercial from like the nineties or something. Just, just break it up a little bit. Just, just for my sanity. Robert, I think that part of your problem, and I agree with you with this, is that both of those storylines, the A story and the B story are both A storylines. You could have taken- You're not wrong. Um, You're not wrong. The, you could have taken the the Lisa substitute as an entire episode and mm-hmm. completely cut out the election, and the election with Martin could have been its own complete own episode. I I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, it they, could have been. I I wonder if maybe they had two separate episodes written, but maybe they just weren't both long enough. So they're like, why don't we just combine the two? <laughs> and that's why there was no chalkboard gag because they're like we combined two episodes together and we had an extra 10 seconds yeah maybe. Maybe you lose some <laughs> yeah right so all right guys um well as always we like to uh finish off with our character profile and this week we have the one and only mr bergstrom no first name necessary so I like how his name is Mr. Bergstrom uh-huh. or Boogerstrom or Nerdstrom uh, or Nerdstrom. And so his occupation is a substitute teacher who cares, which to be fair, we don't have many of those in no. the world. So 
So thank you to all the Mr. Bergstroms out there for taking a chance on students who need the need the help. Um, his uh, psychological profile, secure enough to appreciate childish digs at his geekness. And he's noted for praising Ralph Wiggum for who he is. Which, come on. Yeah. Who else is going to praise Ralph Wiggum? <laughs> I like how you said Welf. Welf. Yeah. Welf Wiggum. Welf Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> his talents guitar storytelling accents and sensitivity now is I, sensitivity really a talent or is that just something you know you should have <laughs> well or is it something you should have as a human being is being sensitive to others i guess so hey but remember remember touching your nose with your tongue is a talent and rolling your eyelids is a talent so I would, I would maybe sensitivity. I wouldn't call those necessarily talents as opposed to purely disgusting, but you know. <laughs> sure. Um, knowledgeable in literature, geology, American Jewish cowboy history, and music. It's All so right, then. Specific. I know. <laughs> Who knows what else he's good at, but I know he is great at American Jewish cowboy history. And music. And music. Or is music separate from the Jewish cowboy history? It, it, it's separate. Okay. Two separate things. Because okay. he can play guitar. It's, That's it's true. his musical talents. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been fun and amazing. And Christy, thank you so much oh for being God. on. Anytime yeah. you want to take a 20-minute episode and talk two hours, I'm your girl. <laughs> I, lo- awesome. I loved every minute of this. Awesome. Oh no, I knew I knew this episode was going to be yeah. long and and just I mean based on the notes even if you weren't on here it would have been long but um, well you just it probably went to the heart of this episode so <laughs> okay. I don't think it would have been 2 2 hours and counting but it would have been a long episode. Uh Christy, where can people find you? Yes, people can find uh Friends Do Fandoms at Friends Do Fandoms everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh come, you know, my best friend, Kristen, and I, we introduce each other to fandom. So we introduced each other. I introduced her to Harry Potter. And now she's introducing me. Our next, oh, this is an announcement. Our next oh. endeavor is Twilight. So season Ooh. two of our show, we're diving into Twilight. I have, I read it once like so many years <laughs> ago, but anyway. So that's, that's who, doesn't, who doesn't like sparkly vampires. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna, I, you know what? I've been taught if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything <laughs> at all. So, uh, all right, that's that's awesome. So, we could find uh, The Simpsons Did It on Facebook, The Simpsons Did It podcast on Instagram, The Simpsons Did It pod on Twitter, Simpsons Did It PC. On YouTube, just search Simpsons Did It Podcast, uh, filter by channel. And as always, we always mention it, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if that's where you listen to us, just so that way in the future we can get an actual URL that says youtube.com backslash The Simpsons Did It. That would be fantastic. Yes. Um, And we also like to, as always, say thank you to our friends over at 51 Yellows who created our uh, Simpsified uh, Facebook uh, header. They turned me and Robert into uh, podcasting Simpsons uh, in the Simpsons kitchen, and they could turn you into Simpsons characters doing whatever you like, wherever you like. So head over there. They're still running their promo 70% off. 
they can draw you uh, with whomever, wherever you like, looking like Simpsons characters. So head over to 51yellows.club to uh, get your Simpsons photo. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. I'm Robert Skolansky, and thank you to our special guest, Christy. Thanks for having me. This has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.